Amen. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 18. And this morning we're going to be looking at David in the aftermath of Is There Not a Cause? And the Philistines being put to flight. I can remember I hadn't been saved very long in the show when God says He's going to utterly wipe them out. I want you to know that Palestinians are not Philistines. Okay, There's no relationship to Goliath of Gath involved in that. The Bible said that the Philistines were going to be utterly wiped out. You know what you can't find today? A Philistine. You can find other things, but other nationalities or tribes and stuff, but you cannot find them. What we have here, we're going to do 1 Samuel 18, and again, your devotional wanted you to think about your memory verse, and it says, Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comforteth me. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We need to understand, he wrote the psalm. He, he just, you think about this. He turns around and he's a champion for Israel. And the next thing, what do you want? He, the, the head of their government, King Saul, wants him dead. Wants him dead. You know, he made it through many valleys. He says, God continued to lead him through it. I walked through the valley. God gave him the courage to, over his fear, he says, I will fear no evil. You understand, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not letting the fear control in doing what's right. See, when he says, I will fear no evil, he did not give in to that. You ever seen people locked up with fear? Okay, there are sheep and there are sheep dogs. Okay, our security team's supposed to be sheep dogs. Okay, not sheep. When the wolf comes at the sheep, they lock up, they bleat. You know, if they're in the the flock, they'll run. But sheep have a tendency to wander. Okay, and he's turning around. He's making comparison himself between God being the shepherd and David being the sheep, and he's going as a sheep. I no longer have to fear. I can do what's right. See, God was with him, for thou art with me. God provided protection. Thy rod and thy staff, what? They comfort me. The shepherd wants to comfort his sheep. So David had to follow the Lord. And you find in Acts 13 and verse 22 in your devotional, it says, And I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. That's the important thing you need to realize. He fulfills all his will. David was a man for God's own heart. Did David mess up? Yes. Did David do wrong when he took his eyes off God and looked at the world? Looked at women, whatever you want it to be, he messed up. When he looked at the things instead of the provider of those things, he got into trouble. And that was your devotion this week. And now we're going to look at some of David's success. Now, Samuel, 1 Samuel 18, verse 5. And David went out, went out whithersoever. This is after, okay, he's taken down Saul. 
chapter 17. And verse 5 says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and he behaved wisely. Isn't that something we need today? Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Some Democrats haven't been beat enough. And Saul sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. See, he'd become someone who not only won battles, but won the people's hearts. And it came to pass, as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul and with tabrets, and with joy and with instruments of music. And the, just like a woman to cause a problem, I'm sorry. You guys with me? And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth, and saying, the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? Natural instincts of people, unless they taught, they learn, and they realize to think in a biblical manner, is to be jealous of what other people have. Why do they have that? They're no better than me. They don't deserve this. So then what do people try to do? They try to pull that person down. If you spend your time criticizing and being upset with another person, there's a problem with you. Understand? The problem is with you. Your heart's not right with God. The Apostle Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be what? Content. Okay? And Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided it out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him a captain over a thousand. He went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely. See, second time, wisely. Fear the Lord's the beginning of knowledge. Fear the Lord's the beginning of wisdom, but knowledge of the holy is understanding. Doesn't our book of Proverbs tells us that a wise son is a blessing? Hmm? Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He'd won battles, he'd won the heart of the people. His success made Saul envious and frustrated. Bible says, be content with such things as ye have. God allowed an evil spirit to trouble Saul and harden his heart. When your flesh takes you a certain way, you need to understand this, a spiritual battle is engaged. 
if you're saved and you surrender your spirit to the Lord's spirit, it'll take you a certain way. And we love the idea that we have the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says, and grieve not the Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed on the day of redemption. Eternal security. I had a pastor that went to the conference up there for a New Yorker, New York Baptist for Biblical Values. Brother Sean and I went up, and we had some of our church members showed up there. But afterwards, a pastor's daughter was talking with another pastor who was trying to teach her something that was not doctrinally correct. And she didn't have the answer, and she goes, well, Pastor Legault can tell you. And Sean had already been visiting people, so then I had to stand there and talk with him. And he quoted a verse. And he says, see? And I said, but you didn't quote the whole verse. You didn't quote the verse before it. Don't ever build a doctrine out of context. And he goes, oh. He says, we need to meet together. I like talking with you. And I don't know why, because a lot of people don't like talking with me. I'm too blunt. Okay? But the point was, he wanted to make it a competition. And I didn't really care. I don't need to argue with people. I don't want to argue with people. I don't defend my King James Bible. I don't. I swing it. All right? You don't defend a sword. You use a sword to defend you. Okay? And defend the faith. That's why you need to use it. You need to be familiar with it. My father, in World War II, in the Marines, they had him take apart their rifle in the dark. Early on in boot camp and stuff, they had to sleep with their rifle next to them. That's the way that went, because they needed to know it intimately. You know what we need to know intimately? God's Word. We need to know the Lord, and you can't know Him outside of His words. So you turn around, and God allowed an evil spirit to trouble Saul and harden his heart. Do you remember someone else that had an evil spirit come upon them when Moses said, let my people go? Okay. I had someone ask me, does this mean Saul's not going to be in heaven? I didn't say that. Old Testament saints are different. The spirit could come upon them and leave them. See, David said, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So Saul threw a javelin. He threw a spear to try. <laughs> he got aimed like his javelin, like I had with my bow, I guess. I don't know. Okay, he tried to kill him twice, and David was able to escape. And Saul was afraid of David. Why? Why was he afraid of David? Look at verse 12. And Saul was afraid of David. Why? Because the Lord is with him. When the Lord is with you, do you know you make people nervous? You do. You stand for the Lord and they'll go, who do you think you are? You think you're something special? Oh, you think God is with you and not with me. Well, you said it, not me. I'm glad you don't understand that. Because I'm a sinner saved by grace. Who are you? Amen? I don't apologize for my salvation, and neither should you. Shouldn't hide it either. (laughs) 
Some people are afraid of Christians when they sense the presence of God in their life. It makes backslidden Christians nervous. Wanting them to look for the Christian who's living for God to mess up. Even when we're doing good towards others, verse 10, right? He was doing good. We may receive persecution. Look at 2 Timothy 3.12. There's nothing new under the sun. God's people always suffer similar things. Now this is not a verse that I throw. I always throw at somebody if they're really down and they've been hammered and they're hurting badly and they've been going through it. But you need to know it beforehand so you can understand sometimes why it happens. I've watched some Christians look at another Christian who seems to be persecuted and going through it, and they have the attitude of Job's friends. What did he do that God has to judge him? Instead of what? Instead of understanding you just need to pray for the person more and rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Verse 12 says, Yea, and all that will live, how? In Christ Jesus might. I was an electrician's union for a lot of years. The National Electrical Code was the Bible for electrical work. And when it said, you shall do it, it could not pass inspection if it was not done that way. It would fail. You couldn't have the power attached to it. Or they'd disconnect it. Shell did not leave any room for gray area. It says, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I'm not going to tell you what your persecution is. I have no right to judge that. Even when we're doing good. The reason David continued is because the Lord was with him. There is no reason to quit serving when persecution comes. Do you understand that? Galatians 6 9. Would you turn there? First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Galatians. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for we will reap when we want. (laughs) We will reap, for in due season we shall reap if we what? Doesn't it drive you crazy God's timetable is not your timetable? Lord, I want it, and I want it now. No. Yea, and all they that wait upon the Lord shall re. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not. Then it tells you to do what? Wait. Wait on God. Give God time to work. Okay? What if Jesus had quit on us? He was God, and he was also man. Don't ask me to explain the miracle. He was 100% 
second member of the Godhead, with all the power of the Father. And he was also a babe in a manger, a young man at 12 years of age, being under, in subjection to his parents, his stepdad and his mom, working in a carpenter shop, waiting for the due season to reveal himself. And when he did, he went to the cross for you and me. But in his humanity, he said, if it be possible, take this cup from me. But he didn't stop. He continued on what he came for. And I'm so glad he did, aren't you? Look at 1 Samuel 23. First Samuel 23. David is running from Saul. If you haven't read this, shame on you. You've been saved any length of time. You should, at a bare minimum, read through your Bible once a year. If you read ten pages a day, you'll read through your King James Bible three times in a year. Okay? Ten pages a day, three times a year. Isn't that amazing? I had a, a, a man who got saved because of this church. He's not since gone home to be with the Lord. I got talking to him about it, and he couldn't understand why something happened. I went to say, well, what does God's Word say about it? He says, oh, I've read that once. I know it all. I hope before the trumpet sounds to have gone through my Bible 300 times. And every time I go through it, God says, hello, dummy, you missed this the last time, didn't you? Yep. Always something new. It's not like any other book. Psalm 23, I mean, 1 Samuel 23. David's running, David's hiding. He's in a hiding place. Verse 25. Saul also and his men went to seek David, or went to seek him. And they told David, wherefore he came down into a, into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in Maon. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. And that rock that followed them was Christ. And upon this rock, I will think about it. It was a place of refuge for him. Is Jesus Christ a place of refuge for you? When you're in persecution. When it seems like the world is after you. He went into the rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. And Saul went on this side of the mountain, and David and his men on that side. Ring around the rosy, pockets full of posy. Right? David was just staying ahead of him, and David made haste to get away for fear of Saul. And Saul and his men compassed David and his men round about to take them. But there came a messenger unto Saul, saying, Haste thee, and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Wherefore Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore they called that place Selah. 
Hama Lekoth. Hama Lekoth. And David went up from thence and dwelt in the strongholds of Engedi. It was a close call. David was staying just ahead of his pursuer. David had been hiding. They surrounded him. You look at this picture of this, he was as good as dead. Sometimes you don't think, it was it tell me in the Psalms? Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Just as they're about to find him and kill him, dinky. out of nowhere, by an evolutionary mistake, Saul gets a message that the Philistines are attacking. Do you realize God can use unsaved people to deal with his people? They don't know it. Many times the Christian doesn't know it. But God will use an unsaved person. I had been saved. I got saved April 10th, 1977. I've told this before. Saved, I used to go with the a man who was like a second dad to me when I was lost. Lived across the street from our house. Name was Louis Sivers. And he was a mechanic. He was a millwright in the mill. And I was an electrician's apprentice. And every Thursday we'd get our paycheck. And then we'd head down to Finnegan's Bar. And I don't like beer. I've never liked the taste of beer. It's not something I've ever missed or ever cared about. Tasted it one time, said, that tastes like it's already been drank and come out. I don't want that. Okay, you said, I told you I'm blunt. All right. So then I was cheap, though. So I didn't buy Seagram's or anything like that. I would drink Corby's and Coke. Corby's is about one of the cheapest whiskeys you have, and I'd have it in a Coke. Because they were drinking beer, and they'd buy pitchers of beer, and I'd drive by a, a Corby's and Coke. And we'd sit there and drink and eat cheese, pepperoni, and crackers. And just have a good time before we went home. Only for about an hour or so. And then I got saved. And I stopped drinking immediately. Then I Jude? She almost wanted to leave me. That's no more fun anymore. I stopped drinking immediately. I said, okay, God, that's not what you want for me. But God didn't take away pepperoni, cheese, and crackers. <laughs> so I went to have Coke. Okay? I went to have Coke. And I'd sit there, and they'd drink their pitchers of beer, and I'd be having a Coke, and we'd be having a good time until I started witnessing to them. And I didn't realize it would be a problem, and I, I did. I, I mean, you're supposed to be a witness. And the bartender would laugh at me. That's why I never had a problem handing out tracks going into the, the Hannibal Hotel at Christmas time. <laughs> Nothing to be afraid of. So it turned you yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'd witness to them all, and they'd all get this crunched up look on their faces like, 
Jesus doesn't belong in a bar. And the man who was like a second father, he said, you know something, Bryant? If what you're saying about you is true, you don't belong here. Why are you even here? You don't belong in this place with us any longer. And I looked at him and I said, you know something, Louis? You're right. Never went again. The only time you find me any place near a bar is if they got food in a restaurant because you can't go to Applebee's, you can't go in any places, right? I want you to understand. You have to take that stand. You can hide just so long and then sometimes God will use a lost person to help you know what you need to do. Notice where David was hiding. He's hiding in a rock. It was this rock on the mountain that protected him. He knew he was really, he knew he was really trusting and hiding in the Lord. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, we won't turn there, we're, we're told that Jesus is our rock. Right? What does Psalm 18 say? The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. So many times I've quoted, and Heather's quoted back to me, the idea that the Lord is my high tower and all that run into Him are safe. Only safe place is in Him. Only. First Samuel 24. You have David's success, David's hiding place, and part of the reason you see is a man after God's own heart. Even though he'd have a reaction, sometimes he'd want to do it God's way, and he would think better of it. It's not sin to be tempted, you know that? It's sin when you give in to the temptation. How many times have you ever wanted to tell that jerk who was in your face or giving you a hard time, or your spouse or whatever, whoever it might be, just what you were thinking, and you stopped? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. 1 Samuel 24, verse 3. And he came to the sheepcoats, by the way, where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. See, they're chasing him, and Saul's looking. He had 3,000 chosen men after him, and they were seeking David and his little army. You know, a few hundred men, and they're up in the rocks with the wild goats. And Saul went in to cover his feet. He went to lay down in the cave, and he didn't know. David and his men remained where? They were already in there, hiding in the dark. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it is shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master. He'd already, you know, he'd already come and he was going to kill him. And he takes, cuts off a piece of the robe, the skirt of his robe. 
And he said, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. You know what David's saying? God put him in place. God will take him out. I'm going to tell you right now, you can say it in your heart, but you're a fool. And say, I say that with Christian love. When you say, Biden's not your president. He's your president. He's a bad one. He's your president. He was the president of the, or Trump was the president of the liberals. And they'd say, not my president. No, this is one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That's who the president is. You don't like it, vote and change it. If you don't think your vote matters, stay home and complain. That's just extra. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he, he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to, to rise against Saul. But Saul ro rose up out of the cave and went on his way. And David arose afterwards, went out of the cave, and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord the King. <laughs> not you dirty so-and-so, huh? And when David was seeing him as who he was with God. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. He bowed down before the man was trying to kill him. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord hath delivered thee today unto mine hand in the cave, and some bade me kill thee. But mine eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. And he goes on, and he speaks more to him, saying he's not going to deal with the, you know, that wickedness. And he goes, why are you coming out after me like a, a dog with a dead flea? You know, and you go down, we don't need to read the whole passage. Okay, and look at verse 16. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and he remembered, broke through the, the, that bitter, angry spirit that was oppressing him because of the mercy of someone who chose to love his king. Love is a choice. It's an act of the will. The emotions follow that. And Saul responded to it, lifted up his voice and wept. He'd lost. David was like a son to him, and he lost him because of his anger, his bitterness, and his fear. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou rewardest me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. This thing, you know, what do you do with this? Okay. He'd been found in a cave. He was sleeping. He had his chance to end his running. Do you know what God did with David staying away from Saul? God used David to infiltrate the Philistines and to attack their different cities. While he was running from the king and from the soldiers of who he was loyal to. And his men attacked different. They went out. 
Okay, they were staying at Gath. They, you know, they thought Dave was a crazy man, and David and his men would go out, and God used them because he was in the place where God had him to be. Sometimes, you know what we do? We fight against where God would have us to be. And we don't see it, so we lose the opportunity to do the battle that he had us there for. There's a person who used to be in this church who since he's gone home to be with the Lord. He got sick very badly. He was put in the hospital. I came up to see him in St. Joe's. He's younger than me, and he's, he's gone. I am to see him in St. Joe's. He had had a heart problem, and then he had a, another problem, and he turned around, and he says, I don't know why God's got me here. And I started witnessing to the man in the bed next to him. Gave the man a track. Man started crying. Did he get saved that day? No. But you know what he got? He got a clear-cut presentation of the gospel. And I turned around to that other man and I said, God had you here for you have the opportunity to lead him to the Lord. I just planted, you've got three days to plow the ground and to water the seed. That's why God's got you here. See, sometimes you think it's because God's angry with you. You know, a lot of times it has nothing to do with that. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. David tried to prove to Saul that he was not evil and he would support the king if he'd only stopped trying to kill him. Hmm? You know, David had to do this once more. You know that? Look. Chapter 26. Chapter 26. First uh, Samuel. Look at verse 11. And if you read the, read your Bible, you'll see what's going on here. They have a chance to kill him again. And in verse 11, David says, And the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is in his bolster and a cruise of water and let us go. They caught him sleeping again. He could have done it. Saul gave up the chase. Look at verse 4 of chapter 27. And it was told Saul that David fled to Gath and he sought no more again for him. David had to leave hearts and home. David had to leave the country that he loved. He went to Gath and he was used of God there to attack the enemies of his God. Guess I'll gave up the chest. What is mercy? What's mercy? I know what mercy is in my life because I presumed upon it so many times with my Lord. Mercy is you not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting a blessing from God that you didn't earn. Not getting what you deserve. 
That's why in Acts 13.22, David is called a man after God's own heart. Got a question. Have you demonstrated mercy to anybody lately? Have you? Can you think of ways you could be merciful to someone? Luke 6.35 says, But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and unto the evil. I've preached a message on it before. You want, you want iniquity purged from somebody's life? Show them mercy, give them the truth. Mercy without truth is enablement to continue in the sin that they are beset with. Truth without mercy is condemnation without hope. The Bible says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. When God wanted Moses to know who he was, when Moses is going up on the mount the second time, and he says, pass by me, and I've told, said this many times to you, when God describes himself, he declares himself as he goes by, and he says, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful. Very first word to describe God was merciful. That's what Moses needed to know about God. He also said he was gracious, but the first word was merciful. Mercy and grace. If we would have mercy with each other, man, we'd have a lot less strife in our homes, wouldn't we? Saul let off chasing him. And Saul sought him every day, but God delivered him not into his hand. God was merciful. As we are running from sin and dodging the devil, we must always remember. Don't fear the evil. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, it is he, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31.6. Turn there. Moses is trying to encourage the people. I like this chapter. Verse 6, we just quoted, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that is go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Look at verse 7. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers and give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Because Moses knows he's what? He's not going in because he lost his temper. Look at verse 8. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, and he will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Verse 13. And that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn and fear the Lord your God as long as ye live in the land where the... You go over Jordan to possess it. 
We're to fear not. We're to understand. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. Well, turn there. I was going to just quote it to you, but let's turn there. Hebrews 13. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds is bound with them. See, when they're going through it. And them that suffer adversity is being yourselves also in the body. Not judging them, mourning with them, hurting with them. Marriage is honorable above all and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation, your manner of life be without covetousness. In other words, be content with what you... And and be content with such things as you have, for he hath said, what? You can learn to be content when you understand, and you've learned that he will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Isn't that amazing? Show mercy to others. To others. James chapter 3, verse 17, the last verse, and we'll be done this morning. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comforteth me. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Take a break. Back in at 1030 sharp.